Welcome, welcome to my lovely IHP community. We have a new type of content. This one's story. It's an enlightenment manifestation story time. So get used to it. As a content creator, I love to think of new ways to share 5D mystics and to share how consciousness gets to expand. This is all story time. So when you see stories or I try to make it sure that you know it's a story, it's a story. So treat it like a story. Obviously, anyone who is in the spectrum of mysticism and 5D or the Enlightenment Soul Age group, you do know that we have lovely periods of energy with themes and whatnot. Da, 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 da. So astrologically, we're in the month of August, Leo season. And manifestation is always something beautiful to work with. So people don't actually make use of their words as well as they could. So let's create manifestation stories. Okay, and I'm going to keep it straightforward. I'm a person who supports people on personal development. So it's always going to be something that leads to your inner growth mindset. Because if you're in any of the other mindsets, that's not going to get you to your pure consciousness Purusha and Pure Energy Prakriti. And I'm going to make sure to try and support those stories and the people who find sanctuary here. It's because they love life and humanity and they know of pure consciousness. That's awareness of yourself. So you know about the basics of psychoeducation or if you don't, any person who is evil is not evil. There is no evil. There are people who have shame, defectiveness, heartbreak, gut wrench, torn apart feelings, and they could make use of a good psychotherapist, actually, somatic sensory motor, compassion-based, if anything, and one who truly knows about, you know, Stephen Forges, Bezel van der Kolk, Peter Levine, they know about trauma, and they know about people, and they want to help all people. That is every single human being on the face of this planet, so it goes beyond sad guru with spirituality and beyond any type of person who wants to say uh, we are part of one energy we know that and that's why we're going to keep it tangible so i'm going to keep it to where what happens when we a person has the opportunity to dissolve their shame button that zero to seven month old i'm not going to do psychoeducation in our stories but a little bit every now and then you know this if it comes through it's because we have new listeners but uh, for my regular ones, this is purely going to be story. I'm trying to create a new piece of content. But basic will always begin with something of the lines of, okay, so we have our zero to seven month old person who began or somehow gained awareness of their defectiveness, heartbreak, gut wrench, the shame cycle stuff. It's a person who does not need to be in uh, the seat with the therapist because I don't replace any of that. So what I mean is it's a person who can handle and does handle their sensations from their body. Those means emotions. And don't get confused. Sensations, emotions, energy. Let me use all the words. And please, if you're using only left, do right and just listen. And disengage from creating thoughts in your brain while you're listening. Just listen means silence in your brain. And you're hearing a story, so don't make it your own. It's not you. I'm not talking about you. And try to silence yourself if you want to hear the story. Now, if you need to apply yourself to the story, go for it. But again, I'm trying to talk to the pure consciousness people here. 
So that would be where you understand that this is a story and you're going to silence yourself to hear. This means be present. Presence means you're here in the now. Your body's rested at ease. Means you're happy and you're ready for story time. It's fairy tale. Pretend you're a kid. So that's why if you're not interested, you can go do other things with your with your time. And this is actually good practice for me because I had plans of doing stories. And so this is in an audiobook format though. Okay, storytelling time, talking to people who are listening. And we're going to begin in a way of where, again, as I said, the body of a person has this defectiveness, unworthiness, shame cycle. And so how does the story begin? Well, you get to those teenage years, you make a group of friends, and you live with those friends and they become your entire tribe, your, your organization. And that's the part of how when you're a teenager, you get your first shot at moving out of the karma that you will have built with your family of now. We don't even get to any life of other lifetimes. And, th and these stories are going to keep it grounded to your life here as a human being. Okay. <laughs> if I want to do anything like the Akashic records, it would be completely different. <laughs> that wouldn't actually, that, that might be fun. Maybe we'll do that one in the future, but for now, sticking to, it's a human being. They can sit with their emotions. Okay. So they go to teenage land and they make friends with their entire community and they have a lovely community. And so you know what teenagers do. They don't obey their parents, right? They go and they drink and they smoke things they shouldn't do. The ones who don't do it, that's good. And if they grow up to become mature adults, they will moderately do it. So sticking to one story. And we're going to use the lovely gender of male. I know I'm a female. You might think it's odd, but this is the choice. This is also in part channeling FYI. So my lovely listeners who know that a 5D mystic and a channeler who's connected to this lovely sphere, it's, it's not going to be by chance that you came across this. Although the majority of our listeners are actually of the female gender, we are looking at a story of a male. And it's a sweet, sweet male. All people, though, are sweet, right? But this one... They, they, they take care of their family. They take care of their loved ones. They love their community. Uh, in fact, actually, they're a, um, I don't think they have any siblings. They, yeah, we're, we're going to make them no siblings. So it's a, a lone child, one child. No, no other siblings around. Okay, male, no siblings, uh, has a community, has friends. And they're the average, not hot, not not hot, average, okay? So average looking, geometrically speaking, that means that they can look more handsome or less handsome depending on how they treat their aesthetics, as we all can, right? If we get all prepped up, we can look good. If we don't, and some of us, we can get all prepped up and we still look normal, but that's for those who compare themselves to fashion people, so let's leave that alone. Okay, very simple person, so nobody is needing to appear beautiful or any of that. But as a teenager, you begin to do that thing, which I've seen men do. <laughs> I shouldn't. 
But yeah, I saw the guys get all like, oh, let's be roosters together. Okay, so I have plenty of rooster friends and I tell them all the time, why are you doing this shit? Now you're an adult, you can stop. And they're like, no, no, we can't because that's who we are. It's like, no, that's a teenage version of you, but okay. So you know how teenagers, if you were one, uh, they boys get together and these are boys who know about um, respect. So they do know about respecting means you ask and if somebody says no, it means no. So we're talking about individuals who in one way, shape or form do have the ability to have this awareness. The ones who don't, they have the inability for other reasons. We're not going to talk about groups of people who need good somatic sensory motor and trauma therapy, okay? We're going to talk about people who know that if no is no, it's no, and they understand it, teenagers or adults. Okay, so we're going to begin with a grounded in, okay, no means no, and that's where we can begin to look at, though, having some unresolved trauma that comes up when you're rejected, which is not going to lead you to be at your best. Okay, so rejection, first rejection, that doesn't actually sit very well with this lovely boy. And as this lovely boy begins to notice that they can be more attractive if they do certain things, and they begin to notice that they also are a little bit better at gauging what women want with this softness about them. So their first rejection doesn't sit very well with them, but they kind of begin to figure out the way that they can get yeses, and they kind of disregard how they reacted when they got the no. And so they actually reacted also in a way that the community doesn't find odd. Nobody says much about it. There's no conversation about, you know, maybe <laughs> you should try not to be upset that much when you get rejected, something like that. But perhaps there wasn't a con there was no conversation about it. So nobody conversed about it and you continue to grow up and have flings here and there, right? Teenagers, unless they settle down. But this story, they don't settle down. They actually fool around and they get into learning how to use their charm and they also begin to make a name for themselves within their lovely community. But, you know, at the beginning, that kind of gets fun. You kind of have fun when you can move as a teenager because you're not full of responsibilities yet. And if you're basically someone who has your basic needs met and you're not really stimulated in the brain your mind's not being pushed to learn more because you don't have people around you who are actually talking about books or engineers you know so you got those types of gossip conversations people that are just doing what trends okay so we have trending topic people so trending topic community and nobody around you that gets you to look into something and a little bit more of a curious mind and curious eye. So you get to be eventually the pretty boy, if you will, the playboy, or basically somebody who can be both charming as well as an asshole. And that's kind of the average movie, right? Uh, it's funny how energies go, by the way, because this is where all people are same, meaning we all have one common denominator, and that's a heart. When it comes to individuals with a defectiveness, shame, cycle there's a very specific way they're gonna be able to find 
that they feel appeased and it's not through substance. It's, and when I say substance, I mean the purusha prakriti. It's not through their inner world. It's through their in and out behaviors. And the movies have made it normal to have people do what I've been describing. doesn't matter how old. Again, the consent part, I made it clear. So it's done in a way of consenting participants. Then when they obviously don't have the ability to commit, it's actually because beneath the surface, what we have is fear of rejection, which their first experience led them to note, I'm going to be potentially rejected. I was not happy about it. I did not handle my heart and did not handle having a conversation with them, myself about it. I figured a way that I would make my own self pleasable to the community around me in a way that works pretty well, I have to say. So they live Maya land for quite some time until at a certain point, obviously, you're going to start becoming a grown-up and your game's not going to really be fun for those who want to settle down because that's what happens as you grow up, right? You're going to find women who want to settle down and those playboys, they begin to have trouble because now they're going to become the asshole of the group, if you will. So it's fun until we're all playing and then everybody starts to not play because, you know, it's. I'm going to use a transition, another story. And this one's a child who grew up in a, and, and still is present. They've grown up in a very beautiful household, but the child would be brought out with a friend all the time. And so they would basically go to bed quite late. Not bad thing because they'd be able to sleep. An infant doesn't go to school. However, once that child began to go to school, these are acquaintances of mine, uh, that child would not want to go to bed at like seven or eight, I don't remember. And I was like, well, you know, they were in the habit of being out all night. You, you kind of know that they won't go to sleep. Your, their body, their rhythm is completely not on track with this. They're of habit. We all are creatures of habit. So what I'm trying to get at is we all, until you're not, which is where teenage years are. So for the people, let's say you had a boy who instead of turning to becoming a playboy was a boy, and I personally don't know any men like that, by the way. I'm going to just come out and say that. Uh, it's very much interesting because, well, they have the wits. They could, but they don't. So there you go. Um, they could use a good somatic therapist or sensory motor one or Terry Real for that matter. Because personally, and this is again a side note for my community, as you all know, as a mature human being here, when I see emotionally immature people think they're smart and they actually do certain things, it's quite, yes, I'm going to leave the word out because they don't know about good somatic sensory motor and trauma experts who would tell them how to handle their adaptive child and then their inner child wound. And actually, they might be able to be a better version of their self because they would have substance inside their body instead of what is not substance. Because when you're navigating life from a stressed body, you're not substance. So, excuse me, when a body is in a uh, hyper-aroused state, sympathetic, fight-flight, so they're yellow, they don't hear you, they don't do, they're basically the jock from high school. And they stay that way and they think they're not just because they have potentially a position of whatever. Yeah, uh, there's going to be a very clear difference between the jock who became something and the jock who stayed a jock. And, and it's not about jocks, but it's about the whole persona of a jock that people will bring to their table as adults. And it's like that's like a flat balloon, but they look like an inflated balloon. But again, there's no inflation in there. So and I know that I use the word in a wrong way. But anyways. 
Okay, so putting the people who stay in the Maya land alone uh, and in movies, let's get to the real world. Had we had a person who would have had a different conversation with themselves, so something along the lines of, you know, I really handled that rejection. It was really painful. I really didn't like it. Makes me feel like I'm a piece of shit. And actually, I feel really unworthy, like really unworthy right now. I actually, uh, what is all this emotion? Oh, wait a minute. My household. Well, I do have a couple of examples, not really great ones. Mm. Yeah, now that I think about it, I actually was not in a household that had two parents. I'm all alone. I don't have any brothers or sisters or stuff like that. Hmm. Well, I think I'm going through what's called a challenging moment. I don't think I have to lead my life in a way that's different than what I'm doing. I think I'm going to believe in love and know that it's just something that comes at the right time. So I'm going to keep on just letting my heart be here. I'm going to let that heartbreak be what it is. It's a normal human experience. There can be teenagers. I was one. I'm not a male, but I'm a female that still did go through heartbreak that can have very similar conversations, although definitely not that. I had a teenage boyfriend and I was very happy once I got to have him there because that was like, oh, here's my boyfriend, here's my friend, settled in, great and, you know, lock and loaded. And then when we broke up, I was like sad for the first month. But then I was like, wow, this is way better than I thought it would be. Thank goodness. So there you go. <laughs> There's something called learning how, learning how to grow up and make the best of what has been. And in fact, to this day, he's one of my greatest stories. And uh, it's because I learned a lot from all of what I got to see with him. And then when I replicated it, no, I didn't replicate it on choice or by choice. And no, I didn't get cheated on. I moved into the actual one open relationship and now it's polyamory completely. So I have a better word to use, but open relationship is actually something that I had already began to voice. In fact, I'm in agreement with people being their own selves and being able to know that uh, as long as you do what you want to do and you're happy, I'm good. Don't bring me any STDs, please. And I think there's a new word for it. And then all of the rest is I choose what I do with my body and that's about it. And don't bring home anything again that would be physically life-threatening because that's not really great for the physical to live you know stuff like that so long story short our inner and outer well-being is something we tend to so no weapons is a good sign uh treating with respect another good sign that doesn't mean you you tell me the truth it means that when you're speaking to me you have what is called uh, appreciation respect and silence in your brain so you do not uh, make fun of my words you do not treat me like i'm stupid and if you in any way shape or form do i'll know about it because we all do. Uh, we all have the smart-ass tone. So we all know when somebody does not appreciate our intellect. And when that happens, we're going to note that. And that's not a partner. That's somebody who's a friend, maybe. Maybe, yes, friend. Friend's good. Because we don't share intimate, important topics. So they get to move into that zone of friends are all types. And when we have those who tease us, we're okay with it. Because we can take a joke and that's exactly why they wouldn't be partners because the fact that you actually think I'm dumb potentially means you don't know my brain and really what it means is you're an asshole male female doesn't matter because you have the audacity to look down upon someone now they don't, they don't have to be smart 
even that illiterate person, and I tease about this person, but they are literally literate, I don't look down upon this person. It's just I don't have anything in common with them. So when they're interacting with me, I feel, I feel like I don't know how to talk to you, and I don't know why you keep on trying to talk. There are two different ways. There are others who they tease in a way of actually thinking people are dumb, meaning they think that they're intellectually stupid. That, to me, is something very uh, inaccurate because if you don't know a person and furthermore, everybody has a different level of intellect. Anyways, long story short, some people are judgmental, they cast stones, and some people are opinionated and we don't cast stones, but anybody who is not 5D won't know the difference. So the people who do, they know the difference. Back to our story. A teenager can have a very easygoing conversation with themselves. Again, I was one of them, a teenager, and it was easy peasy not to do rumination, not to do the monkey mindset. It was easy not to do the doll mindset. It was easy not to do the butterfly, and it was easy not to do the one siphon, and it was easy not to do the let me fall in love with myself. Again, and I use those words because people with yoga, they love yoga and Ayurveda. Here you go. Five mindsets. They're all in Maya land. If you're out of them, then that means you love all people. Pure consciousness, Purusha, Prakriti. We know it. We mean it. And that's the Enlightenment Soul Age group for you. Again, we love beyond opinions and prejudice. And we don't have prejudice. We do have opinions, though. But we love all people the same. So... They can talk to us however they will. They definitely would not be a partner if they look down upon our mysticism in any way, shape, or form and tease us. They will be a person that we will know doesn't believe in it, and that's okay because we don't believe in it. We know of it, and we embody it, and we know of neuroscience people who can explain it too. So there's that. Back to our story, and um, that's food for thought for my lovely community. Remember, sanctuary for love here and for having fun. And then for going and spreading the word of how all people are pure consciousness if they get to either go to good somatic sensory motor trauma therapist or awaken. So as our story continues, manifesting one's pure consciousness. So one becoming all on their own, that awareness of self, purusha, and then prakriti. So teenager makes up story, becomes playboy, becomes asshole eventually and lazy and figures out as a grown-up version of themselves that they are doing the playboy dance and that they're not nurturing their inner well-being. But that the people around them who have become basically envious, jealous, spiteful and asshole-ish do not want to see them triumph. Now, if they're speaking truth to themselves, this means this. I have not committed to living a life of substance so far. I have not committed to anything so far because I actually am afraid of failure. What I have is actually a abandonment wound from my inner child. I was not actually in a household that taught me substance. I was not taught to be able and be creative. I was not taught, and it's not in a blaming way. They're just realizing I did not have a household that gave me an example of mature love. And I did not handle my teenage rejection or my life in a way of being able to use my mind so that I could navigate substance. Now I get to see something different. Okay, so a person, as any trauma, good trauma therapist will tell you, and I need to include them in our stories because our sensations are part of our body. And when a person has insecure attachment styles, it's their body that's speaking to them. 
their brain is going to translate it. That's why we have a person who's awakening to their consciousness. They're having a conversation in their prefrontal cortex, not their temporal junction. Otherwise, that's ruminating. Prefrontal cortex is conversation. Uh, rumination would be the uh, inner critic, outer critic, and then drinking and getting distracted and then uh, falling asleep and doing it again tomorrow. And thinking, hero, villain, uh, I'm a good guy, bad guy, I'll never make it, I'll never mount. So the same story over and over again in your head. So that would be, I'm a playboy, I'm an asshole, everybody's right, I'm, I'm a failure, I'm nobody, I'm a fucking piece of shit. Whatever it is that they do when they go on and get on their case, if they don't, then they're going to be like, I'm awesome, I'm a, everybody else's fucking pieces of shit. They're all assholes. And here's where if they're in any way, shape, or form a mystic, ah, oh, all those assholes, they're all energy vampires, I'm not, I know what I'm doing, this, so... Long story short, I do all that shit. That's for other episodes. But uh, the brain that actually is conscious is not doing any of this stuff remotely. No, they're sitting there and saying, okay, I have fear. And it is because I actually did not build any solid relationships in the years. I leveraged what I knew I could and I, and I have not pursued anything I mean, yes, I got some things going for me, but I actually have a lot of things that I'm not doing. Um, intuitively speaking, I recognize that I'm afraid of love. I feel overwhelmed by actually being able to see what love is. And so this is why they've been presented the difference. So between them growing up, we got a full-blown adult now, okay? They have a community that does not provide them with substance. So we're going to use the Zen tradition story. We have a compulsive, not thief, but a compulsive habitual waste of their lifetime person with a community that are not disciples, because if they were, they would be minding their own business and doing their own growth and or being some people who would use compassion words with their loved ones, always, not just sometimes. Okay, so disciples would use compassion-based words. They wouldn't even need to go to the Zen master and they wouldn't even be surrounding that poor compulsive thief. They'd be walking with them, not trying to get them kicked out. Okay, so the non-disciples try to get the compulsive thief kicked out. They're assholes, the non-disciples, to those of us who are Zen masters. This is a sanctuary for love people, not anything else. So anyone who's being shaming, blaming, faulting, or avenging is an asshole in our book, but we all know they need a good somatic sensory motor and trauma therapist. They don't just need the Zen master. They need to learn about basic psychoeducation 101 so they can get out of their egos for once and for all. Okay, so when the Zen master sees what the non-disciples are doing, that they're still disciples at the beginning of the story, he explains, you must forgive the thief. They say no, da-da-da. Long story short, the actual compulsive person becomes aware because of the Zen master being the person. It's not about forgiveness. The Zen master reaches out and says it's it's cool don't worry so they learn about compassion and they get to dissolve the shame button so this is in human terms a human being who meets a compassionate human being who when they get into their little playboy attitude and they do their little whatever attitudes of rejection in and out whatever it is that their insecure attachment style will have brought they have met a not only secure attachment style person, they've met a functional adult human being, and they've met what is more than just a somatic empath. It's a compassionate human being. This is our 5D plane. Infinite higher human consciousness potential person. Okay? So we'll put it that way. They've met one human being, or many, whoever knows, 
that has shown them safe haven, your unconsciously loved with your flaws and imperfections and secure base. What are your passions, your values, your desires, your interests? Let me let you see how beautiful they are all, even though they are not in any way, shape or form my interest in any way, shape or form. But let me come in and not out of come into your life and share with you things that excite you and stimulate and have types of conversations that tickle your mind, tickle your heart, and then allow you to keep seeing how worthy you are indifferently from what these community and all these other assholes are doing. Again, I'm going to use the word, they're assholes. Any person who's mean to another human being to me is an asshole. I don't care what they've done. Stop being an asshole. This is Maria speaking here. So love, unconditional. It's a sanctuary for those who love all people. We don't want to shame, blame, fault, or revenge. We do compassion. That's it. So when people meet compassion, as all the therapists that I've learned from say, that's their opportunity for this shame to dissolve because their fragments, the self and the parts that are there, the trauma has finally had what is called a feeling. They have felt a sense of, uh, it's called the felt sense. Let me grab my notes from my trauma educational certificate course because this one is actually going to be beneficial to you all. Okay, so we have a quote, Jacob Moreno, the body remembers what the mind forgets. And then Bonnie Bain Bridge Cohen, if you want to know which way the wind is blowing, look at the sand. People heal when they experience somatic empathy because when they feel understood, they are able to finally uh, feel felt. And that is what can heal them. So when we look at a body, if you want to know how a person is feeling, doing, you just watch their body and it'll show you everything. That's the sand part as well. The challenge is if you don't know how to feel yourself, your capacity to feel others is extremely diminished and that can't empathize at a deeper level and therefore it can't be a curative agent and that can be diminishing. So this is what those non-disciples are doing as they circulate the poor compulsive person is they're not helping them to feel felt. But what happens when they feel felt? So that moment of feeling felt by another human being, when someone else feels with them, enough somatic experiencing creates a depth of empathic person. So they feel felt at a deep level and at a somatically empathic level where they can just look at the other person, they can feel, wow, you understand, you get me, I can feel it, I know you understand me, this is amazing, and this is curative, and it's curing, curative, to the fragment that is felt in isolation, this is now a shared piece with another person, which is what is re re needed, this is why the therapists talk about mindful relationships, and relational mindfulness, and all the good ones are saying we're not an island. So they're trying to explain, though, why compassion is important. The fragment is now shared with another human being, and it's welcomed back in, and it's not overwhelming. It's reintegratable, reintegrated back into the system. Somatic empathy is the feeling of feeling felt by another, and that's how we help each other if we do that. And uh, here's where awareness of the body leads us, guides us, not only uh, thinking our way through, but creating a somatic experiential solution. And in fact, cognitive, cognitively speaking, a person can say, I know I'm a good person, but if they don't feel it, 
that's where the difference is. Now, you can know something cognitively, but feel something different on the inside. It is not embodied as your emotional truth, and there's a difference. Somatic psychotherapy versus cognitive behavioral therapy. This is where somatic psychotherapy emphasizes not only what a person thinks, how cognitive, but also how a person feels inside, in their body, in their full being. It has an emphasis, an effect, and an, an passion, maybe, something like that, um, with the body and the sensations that live in the body as a guide towards deeper knowing. It emphasizes and uh, yes, that's because the body is what's going to bring forth more. So body and mind are not separate. Understanding it is not complete. If you don't have an embodied experience, meaning your mind and body, that's mind, your masculine body or feminine, you don't see the whole picture. The body remembers what the mind forgets. And if you change your thoughts, it doesn't matter <laughs> because... Your feelings won't change if you're not working also with your body, okay? So once a person has felt that feeling of being felt, it is in that moment that a person gets the opportunity to dissolve their shame. The person who accepts this is the person who heals. And so they build a relationship with themselves because first of all, they're going to have to choose themselves. So let's keep on moving with our story as we're manifesting a lovely, lovely enlightenment consciousness expression. So when you tap into your infinite higher human consciousness potential, manifestation is always possible. And sometimes people will have manifested people in their life. So let's say that this person is not a full-blown mystic, but they believe in mysticism. So let's add to our story. Let's say that they actually had created a manifestation in a moment where they actually said, you know what? I want to find the love of my life. I've decided. I'm done being a playboy. Tired of all this shit. I want to have somebody who loves me. I believe in love. I know I would do anything for it. So they manifested it and it showed up. So they got to be felt, that feeling of felt sense, and they got to begin a journey. However, again, with that journey comes the inability immediately to differentiate between that which is supporting you and that which is not. The minute that you do another year of karma is the minute that a person will have made choices that did not actually lead them to their purusha prakriti. Okay, so what happens? Person meets love, pure consciousness, pure energy. Okay, so they meet compassion, the Zen master type, who is now building and or they're building various. These are friendships that so don't have to be romantic. But let's just say that there's one that catches their eye out of the Zen masters of their community besides the ones who are not, okay? So, the habits and the ability to compare. Because of having relationships with the actual pure consciousness people, 5D mystics in the Enlightenment Soul Atrium, so they also know about mysticism. They do use power of manifestation, and they have been able to 
actually learn a lot more about all of those lovely topics that are trending between yoga and um, what is it? There's sound healing with the bowls. I love those. There's Reiki. And Reiki is actually now a cam. There's tarot card readers. We have a, a big, big holistic community. So we also have other types of massage people. Okay. And so with that being said, they are within the realms of tarot and Reiki and Akashic record readings. So they know 4D people. Uh, the 4D people definitely are not 5D. So that's the other part. They are now aware of the difference between the 5D community and the 4D community. And so based on that, and they also have a basis of psychology information. So they are able to straightforwardly make a very clear comparison. And as they clearly compare, they're faced with their choice. Am I going to choose myself? And am I going to dissolve the actual unconscious subconscious, which is now in the surface, my inner child wound? Am I going to let myself know I'm worthy or not in my body and in my mind? And that's that moment of I'm going to inner nurture. Okay, so I know it's going to take work to heal myself completely. And it's going to take me actually taking the hands and the actions. And so I know that I am going to be needing to change some things around me. One, I need to stop trying to be accepted by my community. They actually are not rooting for me. In fact, they are quite against me at this point. Uh, recognizing but they're not against me they just had to put up with a lot of my shit so it's okay I get it they had to put up with my lazy behavior and whatever so it's okay I can handle taking ownership for the things that I brought to the table so this is a grown-up they're saying I'm flawed I'm imperfect I was whether it's munching off of people or whatever it is I, I did back and forth I broke a couple of hearts or more so I got it People are unhappy with me. Um, it's, it's fair and square. I take ownership. But I also note what true caring is, and that's because of direct but compassionate-based communication, consistent presence, consistent reminders of how to both tend to my inner well-being as well as actually nourish my talents. Okay, so do I want the thing that I manifested for myself? And now we're back to if somebody manifests, I want love. I want a person because there's plenty of people that do that. And the way that others go about it is very different. And that's why this story is also for those who are looking to manifest, whether you're the person who's moving beyond the part of the shame, defectiveness or not. Love cycle people, we don't move beyond. We just love. So when we find someone who is intriguing, we know it and we actually let them know we find you very intriguing, <laughs> like a lot. We don't hide it. So we don't take a no for an answer, meaning if it's no, they'll tell us. Of course they will. They'll say, I don't like you. And we'll say, oh, okay, bye. That's it. Okay, so what I'm saying is when we find someone of interest, 
we will let them know that they're of interest to us. And then we will court them. Of course, female, male, doesn't matter. They. <laughs> a person who's a love cycle isn't going to say no to love. That's what I'm trying to get at. We're not afraid. So we're going to be like, here I am, here I am, here I am, here I am, until they either completely again say no to us and make it clear. Or uh, the, the love is not having to be romantic, by the way. That's why. We just love to see people be themselves and be happy. So we'll actually be a part of a lot of people's lives in different ways. But when we spot the one that seems like we are potential for more, that's what I was talking about. So it doesn't have to be romantic, but it would mean that we share an affinity on areas. And obviously there is the bit of that one might be a possibility. We'll find out in time. Okay, so love always says yes to love. Those who don't, as I was saying, it's okay, I manifested. I actually asked for this. I literally made a specific manifestation prayer or something like that, okay? So they're full on in the whole manifesting. They know they made the prayer. They know they actually asked for it and they got it. Now they're finally seeing I actually asked for it. I got it. I didn't go after it. I went after my addictive behavior, my compulsive pattern. I went the lazy route. I went the easy route because it was easier because I already knew what I was going to get. This one would have been a little bit more... I wouldn't have known, and, and the reality is, shit, I do know that it would be real because they really came across really, really, really real. So I was like, I don't really want you right now. I'm not ready for you, and I don't have a situation that's ideal, so I don't want it. Okay, so long story short, lovely story, right? <laughs> don't we know them? Oh, I know plenty of people in these stories. So, okay, they have a very, very uh, specific equation, though. It isn't as easy peasy for the ones who have a specific tendency with um, their bodies and their minds because once you've made it a pattern of yours to actually distract yourself with alcohol and sex, it becomes something that's your go-to. However, as I said, the realization is that this is a bad thing for them and that every person around them is not supporting them at all. And because they're pretty much in um, the choice of I have to choose if I'm going to grow or not, they're going to choose to grow. Of course they are. We're going to have a happy ending. <laughs> For as much as people think that people cannot break a habit, if they meet the actual love of their life because they've manifested it, and they actually get to see that their equation is straightforward. Am I going to keep on living my childhood unresolved fucking trauma? Like, am I really going to allow whatever parents or whatever shit I had go down to lead my way? Basic psychoeducation, people. A person who's awakened to it is going to be like, I ain't fucking going to give up anything. There's a story I got told by Pat Ogden. This man, I don't remember what it was, his whole story, but she's a therapist. She does sensory motor. She's the founder of it. This man had got engaged with his future wife, which he then broke up with because he totally had, I don't know what, unresolved trauma stuff. But what it was, as they did the session together, various sessions, what he ended up figuring out was that he had been told by his family as he was growing up that if he got married that he would be giving up his power, something like that. So it was he couldn't take what he wanted because he had been 
And this is where we don't want to blame our family for shit. They'd speak. We all speak. Okay. So they, the person realized that's why it's a trauma memory, but it's not necessarily trauma, but it's of your adaptive child. Okay. So it's something that you are telling yourself and that your body is having this inner struggle with. So they figure this out as he tried to, or as she said, okay, you, can, you always can't take the statue you want. I want you to take it from my hand. And so as they were having this little play of him taking the statue, which he would never want to take because he couldn't have what he wanted, he has this flashback of this conversation or of his parents or something like that, them talking. And he's like, wow, this is what it's been. My entire life, I felt that if I would get married, these words of you're going to give up that power. This is the story that people don't understand why, whether you do it through therapy or on your own, some people, they can move beyond it. So let's, again, use that example. This human being, this story, this male, grown-up male, manifested the love of their life. They got what they wanted. Now they're like, again, potentially going to throw it in the shithole because they did the first time around, say no to it, got distracted. Right now they're in the shithole, so they can, it's in their face. It's like literally right here. You want it or not, what do you want? A smart person who's awakened to themselves, that's why smart stable, mature, adaptive, rational, teachable. So they've learned enough about the basic of their self from a psychoeducational perspective, learned enough about the 5D plane at this point and gotten rid of the stupid 4D bullshit evil crap. It's bullshit crap, okay? Just I'm going to state it and leave it at that. And you can send me all your questions. They're finally aware of the bullshit crap of that land and more into physics and science and neuroscience and other stuff. Okay, so... They're realizing I'm not going to live out some bullshit story. I know who I love. I know what I did. I know what I want to manifest. I know what I want. I'm going to go and pursue it. And that's it. I'm going to tell my shame story. So if anything, they're going to tell their shame story. And they're going to see what's what. And what's what is that uh, they're able to handle their stuff. Because they want to actually see themselves succeed. And part of it is also in a way to show others what they didn't support. So part of the person obviously still has a bit of, it's uh, what's it called? When you realize that people who say they love you, they're actually not loving you because they're fed up, but it's in a way of childishness, meaning they're, they're fed up, but they could speak it. They don't have to treat People don't have to treat each other with pent-up emotions, and they do because that's how people don't handle themselves like adults. So long story short, the young man, who's now an older man, figures that he has a bunch of non-disciples around him, and he's not one of those. He's a Zen master, and that means he has the ability to tap into his Purusha Prakriti. So he chooses the actual love that he manifested and that he knows he manifested and that he can see clearly what the person brings to the table and what they bring to the table it's because they're finally ready to grow up and they do know though that there's some aspects from their habits that they need to discuss obviously that's always on the table right when you're uh, going to commit to someone you're going to sit down and have a chit chat but the beautiful part is that they chose their self. That they felt 
in their heart in a moment's moment or through actually uh, some reflection. They took ownership of the areas that they got lazy about and that they used and that they did do emotional. Um, so they have taken, again, the ownership of where they frustrated their loved ones. And so they understand why their community has this stuff going on. But they also know how to uh, see when you're doing something in a way that leads somebody to their better versus instead supporting and then actually shoving somebody's head down the sand. So they do understand compassion and that's because they're the bigger person of their entire group as well. So they know how to be the bigger person. And they by themselves are able to begin to disengage from sex, drugs, alcohol, food, whatever it is that their go-to was for stress. In their own hermit mode, they're actually looking to present their offer as well as what flaws and imperfections they have to the love that they've decided is the one they want to pursue and that they want to build with. And as they do decide this, they're more and more excited about being able to present their offer because even though they don't know a lot about the person, they know some things, but they don't know all things, right? They don't know how they're going to react to the aspects of what is still not matured, right? Again, maybe they don't have money, Maybe they have a drinking, a bit of a drinking problem and not a problem in the sense that they know that they have habits when they get stressed. If they have a problem, then they'll say, I'm seeing a therapist. If that's when you think you have a problem, you do that. Um, you don't have shame. We don't have a shame vault. We have a love vault. And when people have shame, we say, here's a shame vault. Put it away. Here's my love and stop being an idiot. Nobody's their greatest mistake. Everybody makes flaws. If you have a challenge, we've got plenty of psychoeducators and therapists out there who can help you get over whatever it is you got going on. We would not, in a million years, a person who is a pure consciousness human being, functional adult, say no to love because they would say, oh, this is what I have. And we'll close with this story. So this person's going after what they want. That's themselves, that's love, that's their highest potential. So they are awakened to Purusha Prakriti. They manifested compassion. They manifested the ability to become successful as a man, as a lover, as a, uh, if they're a parent, as a parent. They know that they might not be taken in by all people from their community because, again, they take ownership. They were a bit of a jerkwad, whatever it is that they did as a playboy and whatnot. So they know that not everybody in their town or wherever it is, if it's a city boy, doesn't matter, right? So they take ownership, though. They're accepting whatever they can bring forth in a positive they will. In the meantime, they know they have the one person that will actually allow them to keep on moving more and more into their full life force because they asked for that person and they got it. And that's why they're excited. So they have some fear because they don't know how everything's going to be taken. But more than anything, they're excited of the next steps. And to close this one out, anyone who is a poly secure person, this is where it's 
polysecure, monogamous, doesn't matter. Any individual who is a grown-up will actually be somebody who doesn't reject anyone because rejection is actually something we don't do. We have conversations. Oh, and the last story was I met this person who has borderline and their partner actually wanted them back. They were going to get married, but they left them as things got tough. And when their partner came back to them later on, it was because they saw that they had become successful and they got better. And that is where the person just wasn't into them anymore. And I know the person was genuine. It wasn't because of them being spiteful. They said, no, I evaluated. We'd grown apart. We were completely different. And so they didn't um, accept. Plus, they realized they just want me because they have this idea of what they want. And they wanted a, a husband, a family so they looked for specifics in fact the person said the year later they were already married and so that's where that person's gut told them the truth about themselves this is a person i've grown apart from we're not going to we don't want the same things and they're here after having abandoned me and even though they didn't say it i said it to them i was like they they left you when it got tough and then they came back to you did they not realize that that kind of seems like what so it's not about the person not trying because if that other person would have said, you know, I do want them back, they would have gotten together and they would have been the married couple. But that wasn't the case for these two people. What I'm trying to get at is functional adults don't say no to people when they have, especially in this case, the person was getting help. So there's a person who's grounded in reality. They're not expecting the road to being in a state of, um, you know, in a state, I, I don't have borderline, but this person's beautiful. I said, I would never have left you. And the moment it would get tough, I would be there with you. Do I need to come to therapy with you? What do we need to do? What is it that we need to do together so that we can move forward? So functional adults, it's more than just the straightforward for my group. We're 5D mystics. This means you have tapped into this beautiful, beautiful oversoul. Okay, and so that's why we have different experiences. I have content for primarily all people, but I'm a 5D mystic. I'm a mystic because I have a relationship with the sphere. One day I'll be able to explain it with the physics and with the science people. For now, I use the language that I know, which is Clairland language, but we're 5D, not 4D. So no person from our oversoul is going to ever be rejected or canceled. This is bullshit. And again, no person is evil. There is not this thing. There is a person who needs good therapy, if anything, and or needs to be talked about how when we're in sleep, REM tries to put your unresolved trauma into normal trauma, which is why there's not demonic possessions when there's those dreams that people end up do having uh, awful nightmares. Excuse me. Patrick McNamara, watch the video. He has an explanation. What happens? Something breaks in the brain after so many nightmares and these people not going to get help. So the people that have been in 4D, I don't see them getting better. In fact, some don't get any better at all. And they don't get awful either, but why stay there when there's the therapist who can help you? And they don't want to hear it though, because they think that science is the evil. So nothing is evil again. Evil is a person at most who needs a good psychologist because they don't know that revenge and spitefulness come from a ego that is in a body of a person whose seat of empathy was turned off, who needs. So we destigmatize on this lovely sanctuary of love community everything. There is no group of people that are put in an evil box. We have antisocial personality group, 
So the psychopath, the sociopath, the narcissist, they are all people that with a good therapist, they can get their life together and have friends and care about each other. Stop talking about people with words from religious institutions if you want to talk about mysticism especially because by the way mysticism is not seen in a good eye by those institutions you should know that so we are a bunch of people who love people and this lovely manifestation story this lovely human being or this lovely again fictitious story is of a person who's learned we all have flaws and imperfections we are unconsciously loved by the right people and then we're supported to do things that bring benefit to us and our society our community all around and we grow up and we continue to follow also our passions safe haven secure base relationships i hope you enjoyed have a wonderful day